Hello, everyone. I'm Trent Luce. Welcome to another edition of Rural Route, the program where we gather every day at this time. Well, we do it Monday through Friday anyway. And what we do when we gather is continue to address the issues between rural and urban America. We have a montage of conversations today. First up, you just can't go a week without a little dose of Marty Beard from Stewartsdale, North Dakota, right? Are you pulling yourself away from sewing leather to join us? If the people that are in your listening audience could only see my face right now. I have a big smile on my face. Not that it's Valentine's Day and that my wife has put up with me for 35 years, which I'm thankful for. Um, it is that last time. I mean, I, I was almost, uh, well, several friends and even not people that, I mean, are friends of mine now, but I didn't know them before, called with concerns of my mental stability on my sewing machine. They were concerned... Um, that I was in a fragile state of mind by the way that the show went and they just wanted to make sure I was okay. But now the, the reason I'm smiling is I have figured out the sewing machine. What was the problem? Well, unlike every other problem I've had in my life, this was me. <laughs> and every other problem has yeah. been somebody else's fault. Somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> With this kind I, of attitude, how do you make it 15 years with your wife, let alone 35? Well, I, you know. You can't be married 35. Well, maybe not married 35. I think married 33 and See? 35 total, yeah. You embellished. Whatever. We eloped, so we didn't really have a wedding. So, I mean, we eloped. It was her and I and my brother and my soon-to-be mm-hmm. sister-in-law. Uh, so, so what was wrong? I mean, with the I'm not machine? here to argue. I'm here to or, talk about good stuff. Okay, I mean, but what I've was wrong? With, what were you doing wrong with the about. sewing machine? I can't go on until I know what you were doing. Wrong. It was it was going too fast for my small, for my slow brain. Now this machine was set up to be used by a professional, mm-hmm. and it was fast. I mean, this thing was like. It was like gunpowder. You know, you're you're sitting there and you get, you're going to shoot a gun that you know is going to kick, and mm-hmm. you're slowly pulling the trigger. And that was my foot going down on the throttle, slowly pulling, knowing at any second it was going to explode. Like the gun would go boom and it would kick you really hard. This machine would just take off sewing haphazardly, and it wouldn't sew buckskin, which I was really disappointed. I figured that out. Um, I had to get a smaller needle. And, um, well, to be, I, I like to be truthful on this show. I don't like to mislead people. I had to put a handle, a little hand crank on the side of this sewing machine. I don't even plug it in. I, I turn the crank by hand and I've been sewing everything one stitch at a time. That's, but, but I'm successful at that. I've been able to sew fur teddy bear, um, a lot of, sheepskin moccasins i sewed a pair of mittens together uh i'm going to send you pictures of those um Mm -hmm. just to prove that i'm not a complete failure in everything i do Mm -hmm. i don't think anybody was suggesting that well anywho you uh, set me up with a great mount years ago and i'm still riding that jackass today i just got off of him a little bit ago. yeah i i saw the picture Mm -hmm. i mean that's some you know (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm not even going to go there. But uh, now, that's now not the my, other thing by the way, did, just so you know, that is a screenshot of what will be tomorrow on Trent on the Loose of Trent riding Marty Beard. Yeah, a little bit too close to Valentine's Day to be talking like that. That's a little bit strange. But I, I have a, a another recipe that I am perfecting. Okay, I can't wait. Okay, everybody knows I'm a big proponent of fat, natural animal fats. Yep. Right? I do. I am I am making perfecting and these the, the recipe will be coming soon. I am perfecting a recipe um for uh re, uh well, I'm going to call them beards peanut butter cups that uses lard. No. I mean, I know that's going to take some people, uh, uh, you know, that they're sounds like, amazing. Yeah. Yep. They are, the, the prototypes are delicious. And, um, you know, you know how I got the idea? Driving down the now, road. Now nobody else is going out there because they're afraid of the the even the keto people. They they want you to use the these uh, dietary people, the keto people I call them, want you to use coconut oil because right. they are afraid of the the reputation of lard. Everybody is afraid of lard. Well, I don't I'm think not that's true anymore. I, go, I, I think that we've well. We've, I, I hope I hope not. I'm telling you what though, Trent. When, summit. I I hope so because but a lot of people when you when when you mention lard they're like oh I could never eat that I could never eat lard well we don't I've been giving do lots of with? my beef tallow who do who do you hang what's with? that you, I don't understand who you hang with okay well you just drop that drop um, lard candy on a few of your friends and see what looks you get. It's real easy in your little world of of a of, of a little jackass you named Marty Beard to uh, um, you know to you you lead a sheltered life. I I'm out amongst. There you go. Yeah, you're amongst. You lead a sheltered life. Earlier today, and it is going to be Trent on the loose tomorrow. It's not just about riding the jackass named Marty Beard. The show will be from Foner Park. In Grand Island, Nebraska, opening horse race season starts this Saturday. Remember when you were all gung ho about horse racing in North Dakota? What happened to you? Well, I mean, that's back when I was shooing all the lot of the race horses, and my clients were racehorse people. And then after I got hurt, I just didn't go. And there, there's all kinds of crazy stuff going on at at the horse park in Fargo. It's just it's dr- drama. What kind of crazy drama. stuff? Break through the drama. I, you know they've they've arrested people. They've got false charges against people. Um, you know, you know I, we've got one of the most beautiful horse parks in the Midwest, and most of the year it sits empty. I mean, the, they don't even have horse races. This this thing could have been something, and I don't. I just don't understand how North Dakotans couldn't embrace horse racing. I, who I wanna, who doesn't love fast horses? I want to be a part of bringing it back. I really do. I think it's time to get back to pedigrees and stewardship 
and camaraderie. I mean, all of that comes together. The horse race is as Americana as anything. Did you know? Well, that's right. You know, all thoroughbreds go back to three Arabian horses. Really? Yeah. No, I did not know that. Mm -hmm. They were purchased um, a roughly seventeen hundred by three Brits. And the entire thoroughbred breed was developed from three Arabians, two purchased from Arabia, one from Yemen. One was pulling a cart, a horse cart. And a, an English guy said, what's that horse? And he bought it, took it home, and it became one of the founders, one of the founding three sires of the thoroughbred industry. That's crazy. I think some of my uh, ancestors were pulling carts, too. <laughs> Oh man! Not in Arabia though. They were playing hey, carts uh, in I, I just, Scotland. In, in your listening area, I want you to do something, people okay. out there. If you can hear me, um, I, I want you to find out if you're in District Eight. That's my new district. We've got a meeting tomorrow night. If you're interested in where our state is going politically, tomorrow night at the 4H building in Bismarck, I highly recommend. If you care what's happening. Um, I recommend you show up. It will be a great learning experience, and you will be amongst fellow patriots that are tired of what's going on, and I think it would be great. Tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, come early and BS um, at the 4-H building right um, east of Bismarck, and, and I can guarantee it. I don't know if it'll be a good time, but it'll be a learning experience because, you know, I'm tired of politicians and politics. In fact, I'm real tired of them. But we can't quit now. We got too much invested. No, I'm just going to tell you that uh, this is. I'm giving fair warning right now. I went to my state capitol Friday. I testified mm-hmm. one of about eight people who testified in favor of a bill that would give individuals in the state of Nebraska protection from the Biden initiative 30 by 30. When the eight of us got done testifying for protection, which mainly was moving from perpetuity to 99 years, because when people sign conservation easements, they typically sign them for perpetuity. How can you do that? I understand that no way, shape, or form. I repeat, all these groups care about is getting money from the government, your taxpayer dollar working against you. In the name of property rights. Thank you, Marty. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we've got two Canadian truckers lined up. You might be surprised. Come back. We'll find out more. Roll out after this. And as I promised, we have yet another Canadian truck driver coming to us from north of the border in Ottawa. I was told to pronounce Ottawa more like the Indian name that it was named after Nicole Hunt. Are you saying Ottawa or Ottawa? Yeah. <laughs> no, we say more like Ottawa. <laughs> you, uh, first of all, how long have you been driving truck? Uh, for about a year and a half now. Have you liked it? Oh, yes. I do. I actually really enjoy it a lot. It's quite uh, adventurous. What made you decide, you know what, I think I'm going to drive a truck across the road? <laughs> um, well, I was working at a, as a secretary, and then um, that job was coming to an end, so I decided to try something new, and I had a friend that had a trucking company, so asked if I should 
get my license and if you need help, I help out once in a while. He said, by all means, he had a job for me, so got my license and as soon as I got behind the wheel, I wanted to drive full time. I love it. It's something really empowering to do. So I remember when it was um, very noticeable when you saw a lady driving a truck. Now it seems to be just like, oh, well, yeah, there's a lady driving a truck. Is it a big deal or is it just another truck driver getting the job done? Uh, I think a lot of people are still, um, like, everyone's supportive of it and everyone thinks it's a cool thing to see, but it isn't as common as you might think. Um, but it is becoming more and more popular nowadays. It, it is um, picking up more. I don't think it matters where you're at. The, the stigma, the old stereotype is still the dude's a truck driver, right? Yeah. And a little added feature, I believe that you're driving truck with uh, the family members right alongside. You have two boys with you now. Yes, I do. I have Tyler and Emmett with me, my two boys. And how old are they? Uh, Tyler is 10. He'll be 11 here next month. And Emmett just turned 8. So if if y'all get into a spat and you send one of them to their room, it's kind of hard to get away from them, though, right? A little bit, yeah. We have bunk beds in the back, so one has to go in the top bunk and one has to go in the bottom bunk, or one has to go back there and one has to sit up here. They kind of have to sort it out. It's I don't have as much space in between, but they learn that that's the space and that's what you work with. That's fantastic. Anytime you can do any career as a family unit, which I'm a sixth generation United States farmer, so... I've always had three generations, father, grandfather, mother, grandmother, and my kids, and I grew up that way. So it's just a great opportunity to spend that kind of time in a career. And also, you learn more in that. Those boys learn more in that truck than they'll ever learn in a classroom. There's no doubt about it. Yes, they have. They've learned a lot on the road with me um, and hauling around with me and being involved in all this. What Providence actually do you live in? Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan, my favorite. Yeah, it's nice Swift, place. Swift Current or Moose Jaw? <laughs> um, never actually been in Swift Current before, but I've been to Moose Jaw, and it's a beautiful place. The best barn I've ever been in in my life is north and west of Moose Jaw. Oh, yeah. That barn, back in the day, would hold 110 draft horses. It's amazing. Oh, wow. Yeah. You should go check it out. I've never seen that place. I'll have to check it out one day. All right. So we weren't here to talk about draft horse barns, but it lays the groundwork pretty nicely. What moved you and motivated you to say, you know what? The Canadian convoy is taking place. I'm going to be a part of it. Why, Nicole? Um, For the last two years, my husband and I have had a lot of discussions over the mandates that have come in with the, the coronavirus and the way the government has handled everything with it. And uh, we have felt that we weren't 100% sure um, if we can go along with everything. And then when the convoy kind of started up and the movement started happening about challenging the mask mandates and the information's been given to us, uh, I couldn't help myself but say I had to go and I had to join this and fight for the freedom of my kids. Uh, they're my motivation and for everything else in life. So fighting for their freedom is also my motivation. So I had to mm-hmm. go. I had to join. I packed my truck and my kids asked to come along and... It was right down to five minutes before I left the house, whether they're coming or not with me. And I finally said, yes, you can come. And, uh, and I don't work. 
I think uh, I probably have not done a good enough job in my series of conversations that we've had with the invo- people involved in the convoy, Nicole, because this is not something new. I've, I talk to friends in Canada every week, and I have since I started speaking in Canada quite a bit. And there has been a tremendous amount of oppression for a long time. In fact, I have a friend in Ontario that lived seven miles from her husband and did not see him for eight eight months because you could not cross the border unfettered. Kind of give us a sense of, of how severe the oppression has been living under the Trudeau tyranny. Yes. It has been quite... Um slowly the oppression has been creeping in on us little by little and i don't think many people understood or noticed how great it has become um and how much we've been pushed into a corner if you want to say everything mm-hmm. um and the mentality of you're saving someone else's life that has a compromised immune system was really pushed and that seems to be the forefront of their motto and and yes you want to always be protective protective of everybody else and their health and their safety but there is also you know your own health and safety mental physical you know health always consider you know i spend a lot of time talking about this because i'm the father of three daughters our daughters are a tick older than your boys they're 24 19 and 16 but it doesn't matter how old your kids are whether they you acknowledge it, whether you talk about it, they constantly observe how their parents handle situations. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, the teaching, the education by example that we are giving to our kids when we stand up to tyranny and say, not on my watch. You're not going to steal the freedom from my kids while I'm here. I think that they're learning so much more from that than we want to recognize. It's been a really great teaching experience for me and my kids along the way um, to show them. And I got to explain to them that my grandfather fought in World War II. And um, my parents and my brothers were very fortunate not to have to be called to war. Um, But I feel like I have also been called to come and defend this country in our own way. And it was kind of an honor to be able to have my boys along with me. And show them how to defend yourself and defend your country and the rights that you um, should have in a respectful manner and a dignified way. Um, not everything has to be fought over gunpoint um, or hateful words. Uh, you can get your point across in a dignified way and a respectful way. And that is what they're here learning. And I'm able to teach them while making history at the same time. Nicole Hunt, our guest, she is coming to us clearly in the nighttime from Ottawa. I'm trying to say it like the Indian name, Nicole. You can say it like a German, Ottawa. <laughs> because we're both, well, I am German descent, and it sounds like your husband and his husband is, is as yeah. well. Regardless, we'll take a break, and we will come back with Nicole in her truck in Ottawa and talk about what has been taking place in the last couple of days because I had two people, two friends said, Trent, I hear that Canada went under martial law. What's really going on all across the country? We'll find out from somebody that's on the ground, truck driver. More with Nicole Hunt and what is going on in Ottawa. In fact, just as a quick update, I do know for a fact that 1.30 today, Eastern Time, 
Whether that has not happened yet or has happened at 1.30, Parliament will be voting on Trudeau's Emergency Act. It's just at this point in time, pomp and circumstance of Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. I do appreciate the Canadian truckers taking the time to visit with me, and I appreciate all of the Canadians who have really tuned in. And These are our brothers, and we stand in freedom, and we just need to do it together. We'll take a break. We'll be back with more. Rural route on a Thursday after this. And now we talk about immune health. We talk about health in general. The world's authority on nitric oxide production, Dr. Nathan Bryan, explains. We've got about 14 COVID clinics around the U.S. where we have a a nitric oxide drug trial going on. I'm exposed to COVID probably every day. You know, pre-COVID, we as humans are exposed to viruses and bacteria every day of our life. That's just the world we live in. Some people get sick, some people don't. Why do some people get sick and why do others not? It all boils down to their ability to generate nitric oxide and to have certain things replete in their body like vitamin D, zinc, vitamin C, selenium. If you're nutrient deficient, you're going to get sick. You can't make nitric oxide, you're going to get sick. If you do all these things, you can be exposed to to COVID or any other virus and your immune system nips it in the bud and you don't get sick from it. It's really that simple. We're going to change this ordering process up to make it simpler. Go to loosetailsmedia.com. Loosetailsmedia.com. There will be an order mechanism there. And if you want more of the science, I'll get that to you from Dr. Nathan Bryan. Loosetailsmedia.com. It's N-O-2-U. The, the product's the same. The place you get it is different. So that's the science behind it. In today's technical world, websites work. Websites don't work. Dr. Nathan Bryan is having some trouble with his website So what I'm suggesting you do if you'd like to get an order of nitric oxide, I can make that happen. Send me an email, trentloose at gmail.com, or go to loosetailsmedia.com. We don't care how you get it. We just want you to get nitric oxide because your health depends on it. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Trent Luce alongside Nicole Hunt sitting in her truck in Ottawa. As we continue with this segment and the next segment, we've got as Cynthia standing by another, yet another female trucker. She reminded me during the break that, it, that that we need to bring this to the forefront. Nicole is an owner-operator. And how many people are owner-operators? And does that make a difference, Nicole? Um, I don't know how many people are out here are owner-operators, but no, it doesn't make a difference. A trucker is a trucker. And uh, we all support each other no matter what position or what style you have. Um, this is just the one I was able to recently get into. So, well, I beg to differ. I think it makes a huge difference because you got like a three hundred and fifty thousand dollar debt that the drivers that don't have are not owner operators don't have. I got lucky. I got one, so it's not terrible, but it's still there is a lot of um, just general wear, wear and tear of maintenance and insurance and payments and everything else you have to consider. But you know. It's a good investment for something that you love and you enjoy, and uh, it's just it's worth it. I, I can't not like, I can't not um, do this. I love it too much. Is that Lloyd Brubacher there on Parliament Hill trying to interfere because I'm not having him back on the air? Is that what he's doing? <laughs> <laughs> those darn geese flying over top of us again. <laughs> oh, those Canadian geese. I'm always complaining about those Canadian geese. <laughs> That's funny. 
Uh, before we get done, Nicole, you're going to have to give us a big shout out with your air horn, but we'll wait till we're done. Uh, you sure. know, something <laughs> that hit me really strong at the time, and, and I mentioned this, but just in a little more detail, my family left Germany in 1832, so yep. clearly it was prior to 1941. And uh, I actually don't know what year. Did Canada get in the same year that we did, 1941, 1942, the World War II? You're testing me on some history. I think yes. so, yes. Okay. And so just think about this. Your husband is of German descent. Yes. Your, fa- your grandfather was there fighting the Germans. And to me, it just fuels this whole reason that this is our time. It's your and my time because I did not serve in the military. And yet I appreciate and respect everything that people did. And here we are at this point in time when maybe it's not Germany now, but it was Germany then. It's our time to stand up. And this is happening in our own country. In our country, in the United States, in our country, in Canada, my friends. We're going to go shut the horns down here in one second. Sorry, I can't hardly hear you. <laughs> it's actually a magnificent chorus. I consider it the sound of freedom, to be honest with you. So it, it does not bother me whatsoever. <laughs> but uh, to me, it just speaks volumes to why it, it, it is the calling card on why we need to step up and say, it's not going to happen on my watch. Well, I think there's been a lot of references back to World War II and Nazi Germany and um, Holocaust and stuff. People have referred back to that. And those cases were extreme in its own sense. Um, We have our own cases, and it seems extreme in our own ways as well. Um, I think people can gather respect for those situations that those people had dealt with um, and can relate to them in our own ways as well. But uh, those were severe, and I think it reminds people to keep that in the back of their head of how things can go. Not saying it will go that far, but how it can go. And uh, that makes people want to stand up and say, let's not let history repeat itself. Yeah, because it will if people don't intervene. And when we talk about veterans, I watched a magnificent video from this past weekend where a group of veterans took down a fence that was around a war memorial in Ottawa. I don't know if you witnessed yes. that or not. Yes. That was just incredible. And the police came marching in. Um, uh, Jack McClellan, I don't know if you know him, he would have called them the jackboots, come marching in. People are singing and asking them to join. They stand there for a while and observe all of the love that's in the air. And they just move on. And the veterans are taking a stand and continuing to do it. It was just so motivational. It is. And it's nice to see that they are taking a stand and they are they are taking ownership of that site. Um, and rightfully so. That is their site and they should uh, take pride and joy in it. And um, it was understandable. Oh, another fan. That's our shooting up again here. Um, we're uh, we're going crazy. Sorry. It's 23 below, Nicole. People are staying active to try to stay warm. In the yeah, <laughs> it is crazy. People are just going nuts over these horns. Sorry. Gets a little bit much sometimes here. No, no worries. We're, we're, we celebrate freedom in so many ways. I'm good with any of it. <laughs> uh, tell us what the day-to-day is like right now for 
you and everyone else who's at Parliament Hill or in Ottawa? Oh, every day. Normally we get, uh, we all have our routines. We all get up in the morning and we get our days going. We get, um, people tend to come to our doors, give us some breakfast. Um, random people, nothing scheduled. It's all based on volunteers. Um, whoever feels like having something that day and bringing it to us. Um, we do have schedules, not schedules, but we do have guys that, um, on our block leaders, they make sure everybody pitches in and cleans up streets, snow, uh, shovels snow, um, make sure garbage picked up. Um, everyone's taken care of. If someone needs anything happening with their truck, they all help fix it or parts run or whatever. We all check in on each other constantly throughout the day. And a lot of our time is spent mingling and talking with, um, all of our supporters. They come to our truck and, they like to tell us their stories of why this has affected them or why they support us. And uh, I have talked to, I honestly have to say, a couple thousand people already, and it hasn't gotten boring. Um, and it's never tiresome and it's never an annoyance. It is a very heartwarming um, time. Every single person, whether they want to tell you a little story about why it means so much or just say thank you and, and keep fighting or whatever they want to say to us. So it's been a really um, heartwarming all-around moments for us every day. And that's what keeps us down here and motivated and keep fighting. Because people are asking us, please do not leave. Please keep fighting. That is the defining moment and why this is such a success story, Nicole, to me. Because after about 10 days, I was telling people that I talked to, you delivered the load. You made your statement, now go home and get another load. And people were telling me, no. You know, Pretty Boy said, no, we're here till we get results. Yeah. And I was wrong for one reason, and you just walked us through that one reason. And that is because Canadians from every walk of life have come to support, have come to say thank you, have come to fly the flag and said, we are going to stand here with you until we get our freedom back. And that is the defining moment, and that's what makes us really worth it. Yes, and that the feeling of being Canadian actually has come back to so many people in themselves, and that is the most common statement that uh, everyone has been talking about, is that they feel, to be, like, they feel proud to be a Canadian again. And... Um, I never know, I don't know when I lost that feeling of being proud of being a Canadian, but I did somewhere along the lines, and, I, and I'm so amazingly thankful to have it back, and even my kids have learned that feeling of what, it's, like, what it feels like to be proud to be a Canadian, and uh, to be around other proud Canadians as well. We're united again, and this country's been divided for far too many years, um, for many different reasons, but a huge point is that we've all come back together and we've all worked our way back together in some sort of way and shown support and care for each other and uh, we're proud to be a Canadian again I have many friends Nicole who send me notes and say oh my goodness here's what's happening now in Ottawa the police are doing this or this is happening and then I had somebody send me this note because I get so many notes every day so many videos every day and I want to read this to you because I don't know Tracy Wilson but she summarized it extremely well in a post. As an Ottawa resident, it's so bizarre watching this thing unfold. Local news, city council are all saying it's the end of days, chaos, and the coming of the army to put people at bay. But my mom's group on Facebook is baking muffins, making sandwiches, sharing videos, and singing and protesting and doing trucking cr trucker crafts. 
I mean, that to me just summarizes the whole thing. Her mother is doing something to be there and share one of those thousands of people that you have met and bringing you muffins and bringing you crafts. Meanwhile, the media is telling you the world's coming to an end. Folks, that's the real story. Nicole, that's how I see this thing shaking out because you are resilient and everyone is saying we're here until we get results. Well, we have had tons and tons of cards and handwritten notes from kids even. Um, we got Valentine's Day cards for the last couple of days and roses and um, personal handwritten letters given to us um, explaining how thankful they are and how happy they are. We've had kids make little crafts. We've had um, just tons of things. And even on the trucker side of things, uh, we have even the truck kids are making crafts and they have a hockey rink out by us and it's just a bunch of truckers gotten around and thought of let's do this let's have entertainment or let's you know keep this on a positive happy note and we involve the public with us it's not just for truckers none of this has ever been just for truckers this is for all of the people whether it's the crafts that we're making or if it's the fixing or if it's making a hockey rink or giving out something or whatever this is all about every single last person that wants these mandates dropped. They're all involved, food included. We we have we have food stations here too that cook fresh burgers and hot dogs. It's not just for the convoyers, it's for any passerby as well. Um, anybody. Even if you don't support it, you can still by all means have a hot dog or hamburger. This is truly the definition of community. The only thing that I struggle in understanding and, and believing that Nicole said is that a group of Canadians would put in a hockey rink where they're yes. at. That's just really hard to believe that you would actually do that, Nicole. But everything else, I completely agree to. <laughs> well, it's cold enough out here. We can just shovel off a little hey, air. It's the 4th of July at the Calgary Stampede, and folks got to try to find a place to play hockey. It's just the Canadian way. I understand it. And you oh, are yes. standing up, and I can't tell you how much I say <laughs> Thank you to you, your husband, everybody in Canada. I've extended my community as well, and that's really what it's all about. Thank you, Nicole, and keep in touch, okay? Are you going to take us out with that horn blare or what? For sure. Are you ready for it? (laughs) I'm ready. (laughs) That's Nicole Hunt. I'm Trent Luce. And we have now woke up the children. <laughs> we'll take a break. We'll be back with the final leg of the journey. Sancha Dibel standing by another truck driver from Saskatchewan. More after this. Protect the Harvest continuing to get the information on a timely basis to people who need it to empower them. Empower you to stand up for your own property rights. It's partnering and aligning yourself with people who live in the trenches. That's exactly what happens at protecttheharvest.com. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Trent Luce. As promised, yet another female truck driver, Santa Dibble, have a passion to share the story. And guys, I'm going to tell you this, far too often the women are leading us when it comes to standing up for freedom. So let this be a motivation to all of my fellow male counterparts around the world Let's stand up with the women for freedom. Coming to us from Ottawa, Canada, truck driver and instructor for truck driving and a rancher. Do we, uh, Sancha, do we call you a rancher? Yes, a rancher. From, from the prairies of Saskatchewan. 
Geibel. Yes. Why are you in Ottawa? Hi. I actually, my story, I uh, decided I was going to come as far as Regina, Saskatchewan. Um, <laughs> but I could, not, I could not turn and go back west. And I said, I have just got to keep going east. And that's what, and that's what I did. And I just kept going east and, um, and here I am and I'm here for our freedom. And as you can probably hear everyone, I do not have a Canadian accent. I'm actually from, uh, England. I'm British. Uh, my story is I moved to Canada, uh, ni nearly 19 years ago now. And my number one question people ask me is why I moved to Canada? And I said, for space and freedom. And never did I realize that 18, 19 years later, I'm down here in the capital of Canada fighting for our freedom. So that's my story. If this keeps up, I'll just be here pushing the buttons because this will be the best interview I've ever not had where you just know the questions and you go right into it, Sancho. That's perfect. But I got to back up. Because for folks that are not, uh, or maybe just uh, geographically challenged, Regina to Ottawa, without looking this up, but what I think it would be is about 2,000 miles or 4,000 kilometers. Would that be accurate? Yeah, from yeah, from because my home base to Ottawa, uh, I drove 3,000 kilometers. <laughs> and I'm, I'm approximately four hours from Regina there. So, yeah, it was a 3,000-kilometer trip. Yeah, so I just want to let everybody know that when you said you got to Regina and yes. couldn't go back, it, you, you yeah. went a little out of your way, but you're doing it because you want space and freedom. You bet. So I, I called my husband and said, you know what, I can't turn this rig around and come back home, look after the ranch and look after the driving school and my students because I'm heading east. <laughs> Are you making a difference? I believe so. How do you Absolutely. gauge? How do you gauge whether you're making a difference or not? Um, the people, the impact here has been absolutely enormous. The supporters, and I've been here three weeks now, and I'm seeing increased in more and more support. People that perhaps were a little bit on the fence, weren't quite sure what was going on, now are joining us. I see some changes with uh, the provinces, uh, lifting some mandates. Um, so little by little, I believe we are making a difference and uh, we can't be ignored down here. So every day we get another dose of misinformation from any and all media sources. And then I talk to people like yourself who are actually in Ottawa. How do you share with us for the those of us that just want to know the facts, what's really going on? What's the impact? What's it like in Ottawa now? How are you being treated? How are you treating others? How do you share all of that into the, put it, all of that into context so people can grasp it? I know it's a hard one. You really do have to be here to, to feel it and feel the energy. And it is frustrating when the, the media um, twists story, stories and doesn't show because they're fearful. They, they, they don't want the uh, the world to see uh, what's going on here with uh, the love and the peace. It's been so peaceful, uh, so peaceful and love. And to see smiles, smiles and um, people 
asking us, please don't leave, please don't leave. You know, we've got hope in you. We've got hope in you. Um, it, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And so it's really frustrating when media, pose, you know, paints a different story and says there's only a few people here. Yesterday, I would say 90% of the people that came to my door, knocking on my door, were from Ottawa or Quebec. Mm. So the more locals, whereas the the media were painting and saying that, you know, Ottawa, the residents don't want us here and we're not welcome. However, literally, it's people from Ottawa and Quebec that, that were here yesterday. So you being a bloody Brit will have to speak to this as an observer as myself. <laughs> Every single day, Sancha, I have somebody from Canada tell me, finally, I'm proud to be Canadian again. You, you must be seeing this just nonstop. Nonstop. Those flags, those flags are unbelievable. The Canadian maple leaf, wherever you turn, it's facing you. People walking by, holding them, painted on their face, and they're all so proud uh, to feel Cana- you know, Canadian again. Um, it's unbelievable here, Jack. It really is. What is your sense of the resilience? Because um, everybody I talk to continues to tell me, I'm here till the bitter end. Is there any reluctance to to following through on that? Are people going to continue to be there until the bitter end? I think after, since Trent, since since actually uh, Justin Trudeau doing his announcement, it's actually made us even more determined it's actually showing us um you know how corrupt uh and and the way he's seeing it and the way he's wanting to forge forward with even less rights and less um freedoms and all these punishments it's made us more determined um to stay here and make a stand for canada it really has and and this morning actually while you're on that this morning i was uh we were all served a letter, and it's too glary. You can't see it here. Or I can yeah, that it looks. I can see that. That looks good. Yeah, we all got served one of these, um, mm-hmm. telling us that we've got to leave the area now. I believe this is another fear mongering, um, put us into a panic mode, saying that we actually have to leave, otherwise our licenses will be revoked. We'll be towed. We'll be fined. We'll be charged with criminal charges so um i honestly still believe and they're saying this is because of the federal emergency act however that hasn't gone through um you know there's hoops he has to do and and go through the parliament and through the senate um but he's just given us this letter this morning served to us um as if it's already you know, being done right now, that is, that's in effect right. now, and it's not in effect now. So again, it's another fear uh, to make us move, but it makes us more determined, Trent. That's awesome. Uh, Sancho, yeah. final thing is we hear bits and pieces that individuals, I mean, that what you just shared with us and what we have seen from afar is that uh, there is a blanket fear that's been attempted to be brought over anyone who shows up 
But we also hear that there's been individuals attacked with particular bank accounts or whatever the case may be. Have you personally had any attacks on you as an individual? No. Do you believe that that is uh, another part of the fear mongering? Yes. I really do. I really do. Um, I, I do. They're, they're, they're so, the government are so fearful, Justin Trudeau, so fearful of us and fearful, not just us, the truckers, but fearful of um, the way can, the whole of Canada and the world uh, are now come together and reunited. And as we all know, we're stronger together and we can move mountains, right? And so he's so fearful of that, which is why he's trying, he's backed into a corner and he's just lashing out like an animal, trying to think of what, what, what he can do to, um, to push us all back. But us Canadians are, are strong and we're going to stand up for Canada. That's absolutely fantastic. It's the resilience that motivates people around the world. And it's the individuals who were willing to take a stand. And now people are coming out of the woodwork, knocking on truck doors saying, thank you. We want to stand with you. Absolutely. And I've got something else to share if I can find it real quickly. Um, I love uh, show and tell. Yeah, sorry, it's a show and tell here, and if I, I <laughs> well, you are an instructor, Shansa, so it's kind of what you do. You, I wonder how <laughs> long is. you think that it would take to instruct me to drive a truck proper. Oh, and you're a rancher, yeah. They're normally the hardest ones to break the old bad habits, there, Trent. So uh, I'm not sure. We'll assess that week by week. Okay. <laughs> so what I do have here. Um, Something that keeps us very motivated, us truck drivers, is every day we receive letters and little cards, and it keeps us keeps us um, going. And the fact that everyone is holding their hope on us because we were, we took the first step and we sort of woke up the sleeping giant, right, Trent? Right. Um, so one of these letters, I mean, every day I cry um, because it's so emotional. But I want to share. Uh, to your viewers another reason why I'm not moving from here so I'm reading you out a letter that was handed to me by you can can see the handwriting of a child Uh, it's handed to me by some parents and this is what it says dear truck driver I wanted to thank you for all that you are doing to fight for our freedom you and the other truck drivers are my heroes I appreciate you fighting for my right not to wear my mask at school And this medal is for you. You win the fight as I win my competitions in dance. With lots of respect, a seventh grade student. This medal I won in Toronto um, in a dance competition. I wish I could give it to you in person, but I cannot, can't make the trip. And there, this is a a medal award that he had won on a dance competition. And as we all know, with children working hard and hard and hard to achieve their goals, a little medal and prize means the world to them, right? Right. And, and they um, were willing to share it with you. Absolutely. And they were willing to share it and they wanted to give, he wanted to give that to me. And I thought, wow, you know, this is where we're at. The, the little children are, are, are hanging their hope on us and we can't give up. We can't give up on, 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 um, our people here in Canada and throughout the world, throughout the world. Nobody's giving up on you. You're not giving (laughs) up on us. And the world is here saying, 
thank you, Sancha Dibel. I appreciate you, and I'll be signing up for instructions as soon as you get back to the ranch. Yeah, it's great, Joan. I look forward to meeting you. <laughs> and that'll do it for another day as we've successfully journeyed down the road, honking for freedom. Thank you to all who stand up every single day. And uh, all roads do lead to a roll route.